0: Welcome to Malcolm Reed's How to Barbecue Right, a podcast where we talk about barbecue, share recipes, and discuss all things delicious. And now, here's your host, Malcolm and Rochelle Reed.
1: Hey, welcome back to the How to Barbecue Right podcast. I'm your host, Malcolm Reed, and got Rochelle on my side of the table today, Miss Southern Shell, Tyler on the board, we got a special guest, Jill. Y'all gonna quit calling it special. Is it though. special? Yeah, it's... Uh, <laughs> It's just, we got Mark back yeah. with us, y'all. It ain't special. It ain't special. Mark's here every day. He just ain't always on
2: camera. <laughs> yeah. But Mark came on today because we're talking ribs. We released a rib video this week. Kind of a...
1: So we did one.
2: Mastermind.
1: It was like in our following up of the how we did the brisket one a month or so ago. Yeah. We're going to keep doing some of these. We got a turkey one coming out. We got Talking about doing a holiday one. We might do a hog. We never know where this is going to okay. go, Mark. Who knows? I like the style of video we do with that because it's like me and Mark hanging out and just giving all of our thoughts on whatever it is we're cooking. So it is like a, it's kind of like a, a class of some sorts.
2: A little, yeah. Kind of pre-
1: half podcast, half class, half yeah. recipe video. Because I mean, we we don't really give a recipe. It's more like steps or technique
2: or what to think of. At yeah, step. yeah. How do you, I, like
1: I mean from from the filming standpoint? What do y'all think? How do y'all think it comes across? I think we, I think we have a lot of thoughts, a and, lot. and you don't realize that until we start recording. It. That's why I ask that because a lot of times it's just a flow of me and Mark talking. Yeah, and so that's got to be so hard to edit and turn into something that's you know a video that you can watch without just going you know here's the whole dump of conversation.
0: No, we could sell that. Like if we sold it raw, unedited. Like, there's like we talk about everything, not just ribs yeah, and brisket. Yeah. Like, oh, it yeah, goes yeah. out in left field yeah. sometimes. <laughs> huh.
1: If y'all could see the behind the scenes, y'all would love it. How much footage was it like that, that did we get that day? It was just on the rib one because the rib one's a short, it's a no shorter. shorter. No, it was not shorter. It I think was, it, was it was longer than the brisket. Yeah. Oh, was it? Yeah, it all like,
2: went deep with the ribs. Yeah, I, I want to say it was like two hours and 17 minutes before I made some first cuts, and the first one Shell got was like an hour and eight minutes, I think. Now's
1: your time to dip into OnlyFans. And what'd you cut it down to? (laughs) Right now it's sitting at 31 minutes. That's pretty impressive that you got all that content down to 30 minutes. And what, the brisket was, what, 25, 26? Yeah. 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 That's That's crazy. crazy.
2: Anyway, before we deep dive into ribs, I want to touch real quick on what we did last weekend.
1: Oh, yeah. We went to Atlanta. Well, to Roswell, to be specific.
2: We went through Atlanta.
1: Yeah. To uh, Royal Oak Headquarters, to the Royal Oak Invitational. Shout out to our buddy Drew from Razorbacks. in there and got that one. He won the whole. I I think he walked away with probably close to fifteen thousand dollars.
2: That's a big payday.
1: Isn't that worth it going to cook there? Yeah, I just got to go do a demo. That's what I showed up for. And that's like
0: that's a special event because all that's included, right? Like, yeah, you you don't have like entry fees or
1: nothing like that. So I don't. Yeah, you don't pay for nothing if you get invited to it. You don't. They even get your hotel room. They feed you while you're there. You were in the green when you won that one. Yeah. For sure. That catches you up for yeah. a year if you get invited to that and win it.
2: You got to get yourself there, I guess. And that's it. Yeah. I think there were
1: was nearly 40 teams competing in it. Is that what it is usually? I think. I can't. It was about 40 yeah. when we were there. Yeah. They do a state contest on Friday and then they do a full blown KCBS on Saturday. That's what it is. So it's kind of a two day deal. Yeah. But thought, they did some, they had other demos. They had uh, three taxi guys. Ricky Bobby and his crew there doing a whole hog demo uh earlier on Friday and then Heath Riles was there. He did he did steaks three ways, wasn't it? He was right before me. And he did like I know he did a tomahawk, and I think he did a strip, and I think he just did a, a ribeye or fillet or something, wasn't it?
2: Yeah.
1: And what'd I, you we, do, Malcolm? I did bullfrog. So everybody else was doing meat and they said, Do you want to do a drink or something different? And I was like, I got one for you. This is one we serve at all you know. Memphis and May, any big contest we do, if we have something going on at the shop, we make a batch of bullfrog.
0: Malcolm, did you ever think you would be that guy to the party that they didn't ask you to bring food to bring the drinks?
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I've been there before, Mark. <laughs> ain't my first radio on making drinks. I don't know if that says I've been that's known or... as the That was that was my first job at Killer Hogs. I didn't care about cooking back then. I just wanted to do that I wanted to be the DJ, and I wanted to run the bar. Next year, year they're going to tell you to bring the ice. Yeah, bring the ice. Uh,
2: hey, the bullfrogs was a big
1: hit Man, we made 10 gallons Like, we, Shell found What are these big 5-gallon jugs?
2: Yeah, I got them at Walmart They weren't that much, like 12 bucks
1: With the spigot on it And I was like, five. that's a lot of bullfrog You know, we usually make At Memphis and May, we make 2 batches a day And it's usually, they're not 5-gallon mm-hmm. batches They're probably
0: 2 or 3 gallons Yeah, three yeah three. probably
1: 2 or 3 And so we, I calculated everything up Shell didn't know if she trusted my math on all that stuff But I worked out my recipe And I had it all going and it had, and I made, we brought enough to make 10 gallons. And so I figured we would get there in time, make up a batch, and then I could, you know, show everybody how to put together a batch and then we could start divvying it out. Well, that didn't work out because of traffic. And Keith was doing his demo. And and so we, we, I pretty much made two batches right there in front of everybody. And I would say before we left, and we probably got out of there at seven, something like that, a little after. There was—I don't even know if there was much left at all. Like they had drank that much bullfrog.
2: I was putting it in the cups as fa- and passing it out as fast as they I could. They were feeling
1: froggy. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> no. And Shelly, I'd made fun of her. She'd brought these little squirrely straw things, like you know the little ones you get as a kid yeah. that had all the little twists in it.
2: But it had little frogs then, on
1: them. Yeah, it had little frogs on it, and I was like, nobody wants a straw. It was, you know, bullfrog. You know, you know, it was a man's drink. We ain't drinking. You got man, rid of all your straws. Everybody wanted a straw. <laughs> The straws ran out before anything. I was like, who wants these little straws? But they wanted them. And then we, a, had, then we We made some cups. I don't know how many
2: cups you brought. 500? No, 200. 200? Yeah.
1: Like our own plastic bullfrog cup.
2: There was this little old man. He'd come up and goes, I just need a half. <laughs> so I made him just a half. Then he came up about 20 minutes later and goes, I just want a half. <laughs> he, he kept
1: wanting halves. So he had about eight halves. <laughs> yeah. Well, so that's it, the thing with that drink, though. You'll drink it, and you go, oh, this is refreshing. It doesn't taste like there's no alcohol in it. It's not too sweet. I mean, it's just something that'll it'll lay its hands on you if you let it. The perfect
0: example was the first year Jay with Outlaw and his wife Shelly come down. <laughs> and Shelley was sitting over in chair, and she have knocked two or three or four back. Like yeah. She'd been drinking on for a minute.
2: They're refreshing.
0: Oh, she's like, this is so good. And she stood up, and I looked at her, and she turned to and said, right back down. I was like, what's wrong? <laughs> she's like,
1: I need a water. I do. <laughs> Uh, they'll get you. Well, we got some Mormons like that <laughs> <laughs> <They> one <don't, laughs> year. They thought it was regular lemonade. I was like, oh, y'all don't drink that? Man, that, it's too late. Uh, they done been in it. I don't know what happened to them.
2: So what did you do last weekend, Mark?
0: You know, my weekends consist of cooking and cooking.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> You've been on a tear, man. Just cooking MBN contest after MBN contest. It's been busy. How I many is... have you done since, say, summer, end of summer? Uh,
0: We've We've done every one we potentially could do this year except SpringFest, so I think we're at eleven or twelve is what we've done this year oh, of just MBN of just MBN, and two of those were MBN KBS duels, yep. so they were a handful. And We got one more duel coming up, the very last one of the year in Biloxi is a duel, so we're doing all of it there too. So
1: down on the coast,
0: down on the coast, that
1: would be a good time to go down
0: there. It is, it is. Um, we got we got an RV spot already and. Got us a golf cart rented, so we're gonna we're gonna have us a good time.
1: Where's that held? Uh Cape
0: Biloxi Bay RV resort. Okay. Like it's super nice. Like they got Lazy River, which I think it'll be cold as crap when we go, but yeah. but no, it's a super, super nice RV resort. We got one rented right on the waterfront, so we're good there. We'll have a good scenic view and probably a cold breeze. But I think it's I think it's getting pretty full. I don't know, I don't know what to expect with this contest because I don't know how many people are still cooking that late in the year. When is it? November tenth and eleventh, I
2: think.
1: Okay. That's right. Uh, you're squeezing it in to get it through before hunting yep. season,
0: Mark. We're gonna go from <laughs> there to deer hunting straight up.
1: <laughs> Park the barbecue trailer and load up all the hunting right. gear and go to camp.
0: It'll be it'll be good. I I'm ready for a break. It's it's been fun. We've had a ball this year. We've we've had good cooks. We've been lucky and fortunate, in a lot of good contests and it's it's been a blast.
2: Which
1: one's been your favorite contest you've cooked this year?
2: That's a good question.
0: I'm gonna have to say praise the Lord because that was our first NBA grand. And, oh yeah, I mean that was that one right there means a lot to us for multiple reasons. Um,
2: that one's a fun one.
0: That's yeah. a fun one, Murfreesboro, um, Illinois. That's that is a- one of our favorite ones. Um, but it was it was neat this year because we had a lot of our KCBS buddies was with us. Jay come down, his son Alec and his new fiance come down, and like it was just it was a group of us. Everybody was there. Everybody got to experience making finals. And like it was, it was just neat to see him. And we had, you know, a ton of support from other people that come around that was just as excited as we was. That was a part of it, and I don't know, it just meant a lot to us. And that's that's one for the books for sure. It's gonna be hard to top that one.
1: Was that a hog that you final there with?
0: We finaled with hog and rib. Oh, and, you doubled and yep. won it with rib. So that's good. I never would have thought that rib would have beat that hog. But
1: <laughs> y'all did. did that last year too, though, didn't you? Mm-hmm.
0: Last year we done it under. Fan of Outlaws. So it was a couple different groups. We had Heath and it was a bunch of us together. I cooked all the KCBS side and then like Jay and Tennessee Mojo and Mitchell and all them cooked the NBN side. And we finaled in Hog and Ribs again. And I think I get confused because they announced it backwards. So I don't know if we won it with Rib or we won it with Hog, but we won it one way or another. The Grand. The so that's grand. two
1: years in a row you've been on the team that's won the Grand. Yep. And then
0: was a one point away from winning KCBS last year, double up. I got reserve. And K C B S and I was like,
1: Dad God. Did you like, do K C B S this year? Yeah.
0: we didn't do it. I mean, I think we finished uh, top ten, maybe right outside top ten. We had a good cook. We had a I think a fourth place chicken and a fourth or fifth place pork. So I mean we had a good cook, but
2: there's always a lot of good KCBs. Yes, it was there. stout that yeah. year.
1: I did I figured you were gonna
0: say Galax. Galax, Because you went there back in July. Yeah, we finaled there. I mean, we, we done good there. We took a first place rib there too, so it was just, Galax is always fun. A, the weather's great, and this was the first time that my brother Jamie and Jay both got to go, and they're hooked. Like, we've already got the house booked for next year. So. <laughs> to go back? Yeah, to go back. There's no doubt we'll be there.
1: That's a double, too, right? Mm-hmm. So, you're going to do three doubles this year?
0: Three doubles this year. And this uh, this last one will be just me and Jamie, so it's going to be, we won't quite have our team behind yeah. us, so it's just going to be us two. Oh, you can't
1: talk into going down to Biloxi with you? I can't. Emily's
0: going to go. She's going to bring the bad luck. And then,
2: <laughs> now, why do you say that? You got to stop saying that, Mark. I know, but <laughs> that's just a little piece of marital advice. Hmm.
0: She she brought it on herself, though. Like I didn't. She, she may like that. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? I
2: think I'm bad luck to him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she, you have Shell start saying. It.
0: I know I'm bad luck as Emily. What made it bad is me and Emily cooked together two weekends ago, and we screwed up. I made a mistake on my part, and it was a, a unknown mistake, and we didn't find it. Which I ain't saying that's what kept us out of the finals, but I know our Product wasn't as good as it should have been, and then the very next weekend she don't go. We final, and she's like, "Crap, it is me, <laughs> it is me." So, she's just she's just too beautiful. I can't focus when she's there. You know that's what it is. There you go. I mean, I can't do it. So you need her to be at home, yeah, cleaning the house while you're out cooking. Exactly. Have supper ready when I get home. <laughs> I
1: know that don't work. No,
0: I think I've that had cereal work. every weekend oh. I got home. Yeah.
2: Cereal after a day cooking, it's pretty dang good.
0: <laughs>
1: it's one of those. What, so, what's your cereal of choice,
0: man? So, corn flakes. No, I used to be a raisin <laughs> brand guy, yeah. I'm a and
2: brand.
0: I've I've had to kind of cut back on a lot of my eating here lately and kind of try to do better. Live, I'm wanting to live long term, not short term fun. I got you. And uh, man, we've got on this. I don't forget what brand it is, but you're basically eating a bunch of crunchy hay bales, I think uh-huh. is what it is. <laughs>
1: So nothing fun.
0: Uh, I mean, it's good cereal. Yeah. I've I've grown to like not it. Not Fruit Loop. <laughs> no, it's not Fruity Pebbles, nothing yeah. like that. Yeah. One
1: of the good sugary ones? No, it's I awesome. do
0: drizzle a little honey. You know, honey's natural, so Yeah, that's it's healthy. a natural sweetener.
1: What's your favorite cereal, Shell? I mean. CTC? Yeah,
2: Cinnamon Toast Crunch. <sighs> that is a good one.
1: It's a good I and Michael like that. I'll, you know, my favorite is probably Peanut Butter and Crunch. Gross. <laughs> I love peanut <laughs> like butter. That, that is in your mouth. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> and it don't even taste like peanut the butter. The Reese's Pieces ones, or the Reese's, uh, I guess, it, what's it called? It's just Reese's Cereal it's pretty good, too, because it's got chocolate and peanut butter.
0: See, I like the Oreo ones. The Oreo. I got it. Like, look, they look like Cheerios, but they're Oreos.
1: I don't know if I've ever had those. They're pretty good. But remember the old Cookie Monster one or whatever it was. Uh, Captain Crunch, Crunch or Cookie, Cookie Crisp? Crisp? yeah, that's what it was.
2: Cookie Crisp. <laughs> <laughs> You've had too much. <laughs> if you know that by heart, you know that. <laughs> I used to watch a lot of commercials Saturday morning. Yeah, they were mostly for cereals.
1: I don't. I couldn't tell you the last time I've seen a cereal commercial. I guess I don't watch <laughs> yeah, Saturday yeah. cartoons anymore. Yeah.
0: Every now and then you see old Kellogg's commercial. I don't
1: see none of them. Like you used to see Tony the Tiger and Sugar Smacks. Dude well, we don't have
0: regular TV no more? We only yeah, watch Netflix that's what and it is YouTube
1: too. TV. I'm not their target audience anymore. No.
2: Oh, yeah. Over the summer, we went somewhere where Ma- uh, Michael didn't have internet. All we had was regular TV.
1: He's like, what is this garbage? <laughs>
2: he's like, they show you a little bit of the shows, and then they show you all these commercials. Man, welcome. <laughs> you don't even know, son.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> it blew my mind that huh. he's like. Never seen commercials? Yeah, never seen Oh, like I love those TikToks
0: where it's like shows all the memorabilia from like the 90s and 80s, and like you get to watch it, and it's like Kmart and like all the old <laughs> schools. I'm like, man, these kids are missing out. There was nothing better than going to Kmart. You might get some cheese sticks at the little restaurant in the back. Walk around Kmart. I was like, man, that's that's great.
1: Man, we always got ices. Yeah, they had the ices. They had the ices, and they had those little sandwiches rolled up. They'd sell them for like on special for like a buck. It was like a little sub sandwich.
0: It's like we used to go to like we went to the Cenotopia Super Walmart, and that was like. That was a day trip, man. That was a, that was a good super, time. I remember
1: when they opened. That was one of the first supermarkets yeah, around.
0: Bought me a BB gun down there.
1: I was I was going to school at Northwest when it first opened down there. That's what we did for fun after class: just go to the new Walmart, <laughs> walk around.
0: They had the one on State Line, and then Senatopia. and then well, now we got one it's been downhill ever since. <laughs> and has
1: been downhill ever since they added the Super Walmart.
0: Yeah, it destroyed Was them. there a
1: regular Walmart over there? No. Before? There was that, no That Walmart? was nothing.
0: Like, when I was in high school, I was telling a guy this the other day. When I was in high school, when you topped the hill where Taco Bell was, there was nothing like a big, like old farmhouse is right there on the right where Walmart and Taco Bell is now. There was nothing. Like, it's, it's changed so much. It makes me feel old.
2: Um, speaking of Walmart, does Walmart sell ribs?
1: <laughs> yes, they do sell ribs. They sell they uh they sell we found the prairie fresh in there, but they're not the prime.
0: They're the all natural. The all natural. And
1: they're yeah. good ribs though. Yep.
0: There's nothing wrong with all naturals.
2: So when you're looking for ribs, what are you looking for?
1: For me, I want evenness and straight bones. That's the number one number one thing I go to pick up ribs at the grocery store. I flip them over, see what the back looks like if those bones are straight. Then I flip it over and see if I can tell how much loin is left on top of it, and for I want. The them, loin, I don't like. I really don't like the big, super thick ones. I like a good, even mm-hmm. size slab. What
2: want, do you look
0: for? I want to weigh under three pounds of slab, at least, preferably under two and
2: For all ribs, or are you talking?
0: So you like lo- them two seven five down? Yeah, two seven five pound loin backs. Loin backs. Um, and I'm like Malcolm. I don't want them super thick because you get too much. You get too much of that loin, and it's it's just a different texture. It's not a good mouth feel. It kind gets of,
1: dry. You can't keep it moist. Right. I mean, it's, a, it's, a, it's a real. You think of overcooked pork loin, that's what it is.
0: And then straight bones. I mean, if you if you got straight bones and, you know, the ribs are pretty well even end to end, you can make a good slab of ribs.
1: Like, yeah, Why so tell everybody why you want straight bones. Because they're easy to cut. There's no guesswork. Yeah, there's no guesswork. And yeah. every one of them, when you get them cut, looks about the same, same size. And, I mean, if you look like... Straight
0: bones, people don't think about it. They're like, "Oh, I'm not worried about. It. I'm eating at home." Yeah, but you are worried. Like, that's part of the cook is presenting those ribs either to your family or breaking them down, cutting them. You know, it's it just makes it easier. And to me, like, if they got crooked bones, that was an unhealthy hog. Like, <laughs> that hog had a hard life or something. Like, if his ribs were that crooked, like, what happened to this pig? Stretched and, him out. Yeah, they
1: pulled his back legs. So
0: I'm looking for straight bones.
2: Which uh, rib is your favorite rib to cook?
0: I'm going to say loin back just because I've cooked so many of them this year.
1: You've cooked more loin back than, than – never see you cook spare ribs. Maybe if it's a KCBS contest, yeah. that's the only time. But every time I've been around you cooking ribs, it's always been baby backs. Well, you look at me? Y'all.
0: loin backs we cooked getting ready for Memphis and May that year. I mean, it was stupid. like – Case a week. Cases and cases and yeah. cases every weekend. And I'm just more comfortable with that. Like, there's no doubt I can cook a better loin back rib than I can spare. No doubt in my mind. Which one do you want to eat? But
1: which one's your favorite one to eat though? Loin back. Really? You'd rather eat a baby back?
0: Because they're more consistent. Like, you can't, like, on a spare rib, in my opinion, like, you get a St. Louis cut spare rib. There's always a good end and there's a lean end that's not quite as good. The texture's not quite as good. On a loin back, they're pretty much dead nuts, even end to end. Like, it's the same quality rib from one bone to the next. And that's what I like about loin backs. Because I don't want to give anybody, like, if I'm feeding somebody, I don't want to give them the little tail end bones on a spare rib that's not as good. And they're like, oh, man, that rib's not all that. i yeah. really rather give them a consistent product that I know when I take it off that rib is good.
1: So if you had all center cut pieces of spare ribs, it'd be different. Oh, huh? it'd be different. I just like, I like the fattiness of a spare rib though sometimes. Because it, to me, it's like eating ribeye steak versus eating, say, strip or filet or something like that. You get that fattiness in that spare rib. Now, I probably cook more loinbacks in my life than I have any other rib, so. I'm more comfortable cooking.
0: You can't back. say in that video that would, those loin backs right there put wouldn't blow the water, just kill a spare rib. I'd put them up against them.
1: I've, 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 you know, I've had some really good spare ribs. I mean, really good. Some of the best, but I've had, you know, some baby backs just as equal. It's,
0: I've never had a spare rib, like, make me sit there and be like, dang, that's a good rib. <laughs> I've never had a spare rib do that. Really? And I've tried yeah. a lot of good spare rib cooked yeah. ribs. And, like, I mean, they're good, but it's just one of them deals, like,
1: it doesn't, yeah, doesn't roll your eyes. It's missing something, uh, yeah. you know. What about you, Shell? What do you think? Are you spare ribs or baby backs?
2: I, I prefer spares.
0: I, I,
1: do you I, use, I knew have... you was going to say that because you like the, the, the fattier yeah. content. The... I
0: figured she was going to say rib tips
1: or country <laughs> style. I do like rib tips.
2: They're good. That's why I like the spares. It's like the next thing to a rib tip. Yeah, it
1: is. I don't mind whole spares.
2: It depends. I like I mean, whole spares a lot. I, yeah. Of
1: course, if you're cooking competition, you're cooking the. To what you know, the parameters of MBN, you definitely cooking baby backs. KCBS, you gotta cook St. Louis cut spares. If you're eating them at home, I might cook a whole slab of spares just because I've got the tips that I can Mm -hmm. still cook too. I love eating the tips; they're good to me.
2: We ate so many baby backs when we were cooking. Competing
1: just got burnt out on them. Yeah, Burnout out on that sweet, just over the top baby back rib competition style. It's very rare. No, so, we did that demo down in Cleveland you helped with a couple of weeks back. Oh, those are good ribs, too. And, and man, they were the soup, the, the most simple rib you could possibly cook. It was nothing but just hot rub That's on it. a rib and just run them on the pit and cook them till they're tender. No wrap, no nothing. You don't have to do anything to them. I mean, it's just.
2: Do you think that comes down to the quality of the product, or do you. Do you think that comes down to the quality of the product, or do you think that comes down to the cooker you're cooking it on, technique?
1: With those, it's going to be hard for me to say it wasn't that rib. I mean, that was just a good eating rib. I don't know. I don't, what do you think? I mean
0: I think there's – you have to build your recipe, whether it be something simple. You have to build it around the pit you're cooking on.
1: So you think it's more the pit than
0: anything? No, I don't think it's the pit that does it. Now, granted, I think the outlaw cooks some of the best ribs you'll eat, mm-hmm. but – I think if you're gonna run a recipe like that, you have to adapt that to the pit. So like I wouldn't wanna run a no wrap rib on a drum because I just don't I don't think you could get as good a product because it's so so much of a harsh cook environment. I don't think you could get that rib on a water cooker because you never would set that bark like we did. So like I think you have to build your recipe out to your pit and you can anybody can turn that quality out, but I think you have to think about all those factors when it comes to the final product, in my opinion.
1: So you're changing you changing the recipe or just like the technique to I the think piece. you gotta change the technique. Like if I was going to do you that, use the same yeah, I seasoning,
0: know. I mean, that's that's personal preference. Yeah. But like if I was gonna run a no wrap rib on a drum, I think you're gonna have to flip it a lot. You know, you're gonna have to keep that rib moving. You're not just gonna set it and forget it. I think if you're going, you know, that recipe on a water cooker, you're gonna have to go a little bit heavier with rub in order to set a bark. You know, you may have to I don't know what you would have to do. You know, I don't think you'd get that bark like we did. I don't think you would have a true dry rib like we did in a yeah. water cooker.
1: Like On a backwoods, you'd have to get them some time up on top of the cabinet yeah. where it's hotter. Are you again? You that's have what to you adjust have, your that, You got to get the temps right to do it. That's, that's the big takeoff there. Cause I've cooked, I've cooked dry ribs on drum and on a water cooker. Are they as good as that stick burner? I doubt it. Yeah. I, I As good as that rib was the other day. I don't know if I've cooked one on one of those type pits, but so when I, For instance, in a drum, I always cover up half the firebox with aluminum foil because I don't want to give them all too much time over that direct heat. And instead of having to flip them and rotate them all the time, you're just kind of spinning the rack to where some of the ribs over the the protected kind of two-zone fire, if you will, because that foil is kind of creating that space. It's a little bit cooler on that side or not as direct heat. And, like, and all of them, they do pretty good like that. If you can, if you can rotate them like that on a water cooker, I just move them up to where they're in the heat a little more and let them roll.
2: Can you get that bark on a water co- cooker?
1: Uh, It ain't going to be as dry as that steak barker because yeah. it, ain't, it ain't, just ain't moving the air like that in that, that moist air. I mean, the moisture keeps it down.
0: It's something, too, to think about on those ribs that day. Those were fresh, never froze ribs.
1: That makes a huge difference.
0: I will argue with anybody. Somebody says you can cook – granted – you can have a good froze rib. I mean, most of the stuff you buy has been frozen, unless you go to like Sam's or Costco. If you go to Walmart, Kroger, your local grocery store, most likely those ribs have been frozen at some point in the process, and there's nothing wrong with that. But there's a texture and a moisture difference in a fresh rib that is, to me, I can pick up on instantly, and it's it's game changer when it comes to ribs. Um, do you now,
2: only use fresh and comp?
0: I try my best to use fresh. It's where not you, always possible.
2: Where do you source that? A good butcher. Good yeah.
1: Butcher. A good butcher, you got to have an account with one of these food service companies like U.S. Foods, Benny Key, Cisco. That's just the ones in our area. And, and I'm see, sure I'm, There's different ones in other areas, but that's the only place I know you can guarantee get fresh, not frozen right. ribs. We used to get them from Compart, and I loved cooking Compart ribs when I could get it fresh, not froze. When they started doing it all froze, I was like, I might as well be going anywhere and getting it at that the point. The thing
0: about a froze rib is you can't control what went on to the moment you get it. Yeah. Because you don't know, A, the freezing process. Now, if it's done properly. Most
1: time they're flash-froze super fast. That part's not body. It's the thaw the out thawing. and the refreeze and all that during transport and everything.
0: If you was going to have to cook a frozen rib, I would want to buy a frozen rib and me thaw it and not the grocery store. Because what they're going to do is they're going to throw them out there in that meat locker and let them thaw at whatever temperature they're at, and you're not controlling that. Or they might
1: let them thaw in the dock and then refreeze right. them. And you don't know how many times they've went through that freeze-thaw cycle.
0: So if I'm going to cook, if I can't get fresh ribs, I'm going to buy a froze rib and I'm going to thaw it. And I'm going to put it in my refrigerator. It's going to be on the lowest setting that refrigerator go. And it's going to take it five days to thaw. You know, I'm not going to put it in sink of water. I'm going to let it thaw slowly.
1: So don't... Right. You don't want to break it, it down,
0: up. you know. So that's that's the biggest thing is... And fresh ribs are hard to get. Any kind of fresh pork's hard to get now. So... I'm lucky to be able to get it most of the time, but I'm also buying multiple cases and I'm picking and choosing what I want. And then I'm freezing the rest for me to use during the what winter. You,
1: so how, you got a freezer full of ribs at home? I now? got a good many. I
0: you got You just
1: stockpiled them mm-hmm. for a rib cook?
0: Yeah. I mean, I'll cook them because again, I'm controlling it. Hey, these are fresh, never froze. I'm freezing them and I'm thawing them. So I know exactly what that rib's been through.
1: I know when you freeze, like at home freeze, fresh ribs, they're not near as good when you thaw them out either you can't because you can't get it f- froze fast enough to stop it from breaking down the muscle tissue in the meat.
0: So I have one one shelf in my freezer that I save that's completely empty that those ribs go on. The fresh ribs go on a fr- rack all to themselves. They're not stacked on top of each other. They all have air moving around them and luckily my freezer has a super freeze. Oh. Which when you click on it, turn it on, it's got a bigger fan in there and it moves more air and it'll freeze ribs in about thirty or forty five minutes.
2: Now
1: that's handy right there. I didn't know they had
2: that.
0: So I got a shelf dedicated just for that. And, and then once is this a deep
2: freezer? Yeah, like stand upright chef? deep freezer. Oh, yeah. an upright? Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. And then that's once cool. they're froze, I move them to a rack with the rest of the froze ribs. I leave that empty rack just for freezing something so it freezes. Off the bat. Right. Yeah.
1: That's that's smart there. Now I have seen people take like a chest freezer and put like a little desk fan mm-hmm. in there and run the cord out it and then get the air moving that'll drop one down and freeze something super fast too but you got to you can't have a chest freezer full of crap either it's got to be you got to have right. a shelf in there some kind of way and like you now said, we're, the air's got to be able to get around it
0: i'm taking this to extreme so like i understand your average joe a lot it's of times do don't have that. that i mean yeah but you're better off if you buy fresh ribs Even though you're not flash freezing, you're better off controlling that process on your own, in my opinion, versus uh, Joe Blow got it off the forklift and done this and it's set on the dock, like you're saying.
1: Like, you don't, you have no idea. You don't know if something at a grocery store. I mean, it's always a chance somebody's put it in their basket, walked all around with it, decided (laughs) they didn't want it, put it somewhere else. Then it got moved back to the meat case. Then they refroze it. You mean you don't buy them ribs that are in the chicken case? (laughs) But I, I, and that's one thing I go to the grocery store. I like going through them and I like, I'd prefer if I saw them bring out a fresh case. And a lot of times I'll ask when I go to Sam's or if I go anywhere, I'll say, Hey, can y'all put out some, you know, do you mind bringing a case out of the back and putting it out or I think one of just so, just so I could see it when it comes out and how it looks, then it gives me more choices to go through to pick.
2: I think one of you, the small pleasures in your life is, Shopping for meat. At a meat department. <laughs> and, Is and there anything wrong with that? <laughs> in <the> meat department. <laughs> hanging out. Perusing meat. You always at have me. talking the to look. the butcher. Talking to the
1: butcher. <laughs> if they're out there, I'm going to stop and talk to them. See what they got. They're the ones that know what's fresh coming in. If they got anything good. If they the anything thing they about they it
0: was, you missed the best meat department of your life when we were in Dallas, Texas, and you didn't come in with us.
1: Oh, really? What Was that an H-E-B? Or? No, what was the name of that store?
0: I can't I remember. I don't remember. It was downtown Dallas. It was, it was like... The international market
2: thing or something? No, no. it was a grocery store. Yes. Uh-huh.
0: But the meat counter was, I would say, 50, 60 yards long.
2: It was impressive. Yeah,
0: like I mean, it was the whole grocery store. Was no, amazing. it was unreal. Yeah, that was one of the coolest grocery stores I've ever been to. Huh. You would have fell in love because, like, this side was all seafood. This side was all meat. Like, and it was, it was awesome.
2: And there was only one way you had to do all the aisles. I do you, like that. If you,
0: if you miss the turn, you have to start over. Yeah. Oh, you had to go back to
2: <laughs> go back and get in line. There was only one way. You couldn't turn around. You couldn't go back.
0: But I did like it because if you was in the produce section, hey, you want to try this orange? That old guy cut that orange open, and hand it to you right there. Wow, it was pretty neat.
2: So, what do y'all think about three, two, one? That method everyone's talked about.
0: If you don't
1: have teeth, it's a great way
2: to cook ribs. <laughs> it's <real.
0: laughs>
1: guaranteed to overcook them. Yeah, you're gonna get your fall off the bones with three, two, one. 321 was, I mean, that's the first way I learned to cook ribs. That's just what people said you do. Three hours smoke, two hours wrap, one hour glazed at 225. That was the whole kicker to 321. And it's not a bad rib if you keep it at 225. But what people started doing is they weren't controlling that temperature. They were just saying, we're going 321 at whatever temp we're at. 300 degrees. Yeah. And if you're cooking above 225, by the time you, Three hour, they can handle probably three hours in the smoke if you keep them from getting too dark. But if you wrap something at higher than two twenty five for two hours, it's gonna the bones are gonna be blowed out. Every one of them, they're just gonna be almost fall off the bone. they will
2: be pulled, pulled. And
1: then when you try to glaze it for an hour, you're you're gonna have trouble getting it out of the wrap. And then when you put it on there for another hour, you're just gonna burn the sauce up on them. I never understood I,
2: I know glazing for glazed. a whole hour.
1: Yeah, I remember those days. I mean, so ours is more. 2 hours, hour 30, maybe hour 15, hour 30 in the wrap, and then maybe 15 20 minutes glaze. Yep. That's what it's cut down to now. Yep. And I don't know what you would put the numbers on that. It's not 3321 sounds good.
0: Yeah. That's simple. <laughs> that's easy to remember. And two. I know When noticed. you
1: learned, is that did you learn the three, uh, Yeah. 321?
0: I mean, our first contest it was Yeah. I mean, it was very similar. to Three, two, one. I don't forget who told us this or like how we got on this kicker, but we didn't even check ribs. That was the crazy thing. You
1: just wrapped them for two hours.
0: We right? wrapped them, never opened the foil. They put in. We put them in a little dry cooler and held them for an hour, and then we'd set the sauce. You know, and I mean, we were we. It was not three, two, one. It was probably like you were saying. It was probably like two, 2 one, one or something. Yeah, you know. Yeah. I mean, it was something similar to that because we were cooking at two fifty. And it worked. I mean, we got rib calls doing that. And looking back, I'm like, how in the world did we get away with that? Like,
1: and you, three, two, one, you can't hold them. I promise you, you no. can't hold them. They're gonna be <laughs> you ain't going to pick them up. You ain't yeah. going to cut them. Yeah, there's no putting them in a the cooler and hold them for a few hours because they'll definitely be peanut butter mush is what they would turn into or why, pulled pork.
2: Why do you not really want to cook ribs at 225? Or do you?
1: I do on a pellet oh. grill to start to smoke. I think I think the lower temperature is okay when you're at when you're smoking the meat now when it comes to getting it tender and you got it wrapped up you got you need a higher temp to break that fat down
0: you have to render the fat yep. and what you run into on a rib because it's not very thick is a lower temp like that you're not rendering the fat but the meat's still getting tender so you'll have a fall off the bone rib but it's still got pockets of fat that you didn't render so you have to speed that up enough to render that fat before the actual meat breaks down and turns loose. In my opinion.
1: That's what I think. So is there an optimal temperature that you wanna cook ribs at all the time? Or would you say it depends on the pit or I'm what? a two seventy five guy. That's like what if I'm
0: cooking ribs, I'm cooking two seventy five and then once I wrap, I'm gonna let it creep on up to three hundred just because like you say, you gotta you gotta start breaking stuff down. Yeah. And I mean, a rib shouldn't take six hours to cook. But you ought to be able to cook a rib in four hours flat, no so problem.
1: Would you say that's on stick burner or I don't know what it's on? But a pellet grill, you'd start out at two seventy five. See, I don't, I don't get near as good a rib. I don't get near as good a as smoke flavor starting my pellet grill out that high. I like. I mean, that's the one grill that I'll keep. I don't care if it's 220, 210 for those first two or three hours, and then I then I crank it up. I'll go up 300 and once they're wrapped and get them tender, but I just can't get that smoke flavor in there I want when I start a pellet grill and put meat on it at 275.
0: Now, see, I do the opposite, though. So when I'm setting sauce, I'm 200, 225, you know, because, A, I don't want to burn the sugars. I want to just keep that rib warm. I yeah. just want to move enough air, and then you're going to get a little smoke adhesion to the sauce itself. Now, I'm not saying it's penetrated smoke, but it's enough smoke flavor you do pick up on it.
2: So, are you adding smoke or trying to smoke during that mm-hmm. two hundred process? Mm-hmm.
0: Even with my stick burner, I'll shut the vents down when I'm setting sauce. I'll close vents down. I'm gonna throw me a chunk of cherry on there.
2: What is closing the vents down to?
0: Just make it make it run
1: dirty.
2: Okay.
0: I mean, it's, makes it smoke. Makes it
1: smoke. Yeah. So, and that that's I mean that's really that's that's a great competition trick to get that smoke bump at the end because sauce. When you glaze with it, it's like a magnet when you put it back on the pit and you've got smoke in there. It's gonna pull in that smoke flavor real quick. And you know, it don't take a lot. It don't take a lot of smoke. A lot of people use wood chips, you know, throw a handful of chips right on the fire basket to get that smoke and to soak it in. But you can you can absolutely get some smoke flavor. It's not in the meat, like you said.
2: Yeah, but it'll it's, trick you into sauce the sauce it'll it t- you,
1: you taste it. You it's it. in the taste bite. it, yeah.
0: The deal is with ribs is Again, it's not a big cut of meat. So you don't have that time like you do a pork butter or a brisket to really get flavor in it. So you gotta figure it out how you're gonna get that flavor on that rib. And you know, if you're if you're running a dirty fire, it's no trouble to get flavor on. You're gonna get it. But a lot of it boils down to what you're spritzing with. You know, like we talked about, if you're spritzing with oil, guess what? You're not gonna get any flavor. You're sealing that rib up. Explain why that happens. So that's one reason I don't believe in binders. I don't use binders on stuff is Anything that has oil, oil and water does not mix. So that rib in its raw state is 50% water, 40% water. When you put oil on the outside of it, the oil is always going to go to the top. It's not going to let anything come out. Like when we do the dry browner, you want them ribs to sweat. Them ribs aren't going to sweat. The oil is basically sealed that rib up to where you're never mixing the internal moisture of the rib with your rubs and pulling that flavor back in. Two, once that oil's on the outside, it's on the outside. It's done. It's like you might as well paint it on with slack. They're not gonna get any smoke flavor. And I've done it. I've sprayed them with duck fat. Man, that's a beautiful rib. Tastes like you boiled them. and, and you could cook side by side comparison. It's daylight and dark difference. So I do not let oil touch my ribs whatsoever.
1: So if you were gonna use a binder though, Mark, what do you think about we've done it on beef. Would you put blue plate mayonnaise as a binder? Or It can't be bad, Malcolm. <laughs> it's gotta be good. And that's something You to... think the oil in the mayonnaise is gonna block that. But
0: you got equal amounts of vinegar. So vinegar is going to actually work to help you. So there's nothing wrong with using mayonnaise. I just wouldn't use a straight oil. Yeah. But
1: so you're just talking like don't like peanut oil. Yeah, don't coat them you at hear all. people say you could use anything. Yeah, I've said it before in my videos. You could use peanut oil. I mean, we've used blue plate before on fillets. So, so we're going to test yeah. this out. We're going to do some pork loins or pork tenderloins. We might do this at camp. We're going to slather them down in mayonnaise and blue we're plate. going to season them up. Especially yeah, blue plate mayonnaise, only the best quality since 1927.
2: That's choosing. a long time ago, almost 100 years. <laughs> that mayonnaise has been around almost 100 years. If you're choosing mayonnaise this weekend, make sure to choose blue plate. Eat more blue plate.
0: I would love to try some 1927 mayo. I bet it's good. <laughs> I bet it I is. Mean, like, I bet it is rich. Oh, yeah. I bet that's good. <laughs> you could definitely eat that with a spoon, Michael. Uh,
1: I'm going to take a hard pass.
2: <gasps> but I do prefer ribs that have been like just dry rubbed, sweated. Mm-hmm. Put you let them naturally like, sweat. If you, yeah. if you
1: have a rub
0: that has a good balance of salt and sugar. They're going to sweat, they're going to brine. It might only be 20 minutes, but there's as long as you see moisture come out of those ribs, they're brining.
1: You're so, you're like, so you always season them upset. Yeah. Don't, don't just season them. I don't want to go over
0: yeah. an hour. Yeah. But I mean, but you want to you want that rub to do what it's supposed to do. I mean, that's the reason we put salts and sugars and MSG and all this in rubs is to make that work, to get those flavors to work.
2: Why don't you want it to go over an hour with rub?
0: Because then you get to a point to where you're making bacon, you're not. Curing it. You're curing it. You're curing it. So it's going to change the texture of your bark. Um, it's not a bad thing. You know, it's still good. But when you're wanting that perfect bite, I mean, I'm critiquing every little thing on these ribs I can. Yeah,
2: that's what I was going to say. Do you think that y'all are coming from it from a like every little inch counts? Kind yes, of? I'm coming yeah. from a perfection set, side of yeah, things. Yeah, because it's from the competition side of things. So.
1: Yeah, sometimes I just come from the eating side of things.
0: <laughs> <I just> but, <laughs> but granted, you take some of that stuff from what we've learned over the years competing, and you can take a salt and pepper rib and blow it out of this world. Like You can take it to where it's like, holy smokes.
1: That How is that a- so good? Yeah, why is that so good? See, that's what gets me when we go back to the baby back spare rib debate. A salt and pepper spare ribs is a thing of beauty to me. Because after I've ate all this barbecue right. stuff, where we've put the rubs on it, and we've done all these glazes and stuff in the wraps. And then you eat this meat that's just been salt and peppered and smoked and then you bite into it and it's like, oh, all those I mean, you'd say, Where's well, all this flavor coming? It's coming from the meats, come from the smoke. You're getting all of it together and it's just simple. I mean, sometimes that's I mean, all that's what you need. It goes back to that rib at the demo last
0: week. That was as simple as it gets. And that rib there was not a single soul. And I understand people be nice, you know, I understand like they're not gonna be rude to you. But there was not a soul in that class. And we asked them, they're like, that's the best rib I've ever ate in my life. And I'm like, it's literally that simple. Rub, four hours, you got a good rib. Yeah. And hold. Yeah, hold it.
2: I did uh, tell our little secret that we wrapped them at the very end. Just well, like we them. just
0: tended them a little bit and kind of put them. We, was, we, were, we were we were getting crunched on time. And, <laughs> again, I preached this. A good cook is not necessarily somebody that knows the best recipe. It's knows how to yeah. fix a screw up and get you out of a pickle and that's what we were doing.
1: Oh, that's 100%. That's all competition question. barbecue is how you finish. Yeah. Everybody can start it. Like anybody can season up a bunch of meat, get it on a pit, you know, get it rolling, but how do you finish it? But that's, the, that's where do you take it off? What do you do when you take it off? How do you glaze it? How do you put it in a
2: box? Airflow. I've been to so yeah. many people. They're like, I just can't get my. We show up at a party. They're like, the ribs are almost done. They're a little slow.
1: Yeah. And you're like,
2: let's open this vent right And here. it's <laughs> full. Like yeah. You
1: can't even see the you car. You can't put any more meat on the grill. Those things shut down. No so fire hardly in it.
0: That is That is something else right there is the amount of protein you're cooking in your pit matters. You know, good or bad. Full or empty. Like you can cook one slab of ribs on a pit, and it be worse than what you cook is if you had that pit full. You have to find that ratio if you want to do per- like perfect ribs. There's a magic to that, and that's the reason I cook ribs on the patio at MBN. Eight slabs of ribs is the money maker on that pit. Like, do you it, think
1: they're better than cooking them on the big pit? Yes.
0: Cool. Now. If I was cooking on a big pit, I would say let's do fourteen slabs. You know, yeah. if you the bigger the pit, you have to find that ratio to where that moisture in that cook chamber stays the same.
1: So here's what now this blows my mind, or you maybe you got a good answer for it. How come we can cook two or three racks of ribs on the outlaw smokehouse and them turn out so dig them good with all that voided space in there? Because we ran a water pan. You think that's what made all the difference?
0: You're putting moisture in that cook chamber. If we would have not run a water pan, they would still have been good ribs. But
1: there's something about that pit. No matter what I've cooked on it, but you I've know, never lo- I've never loaded that pit ever. We've only, I mean, we probably only cooked on it half dozen times, just for videos. But every time we've done a video on it, that meat has turned out just perfect. And I don't
0: know, but that is also I didn't realize this until I got to talking to Jay. That's not a 2880. That's a 2680.
1: So it's a little bit smaller.
0: So it's a little bit smaller. But what you' what you were talking about how you can run that pit lower is because the dial the thermometer's in a different location from a twenty eight the twenty eight the thermometer is a little bit higher your twenty sixth thermometer's a little bit lower, so you're in closer lo- to the great. great, so you're you're actually reading a lower temperature, so it's like twenty five degrees difference is what you know everybody goes from a twenty six to twenty eight say they run the twenty eight twenty five degrees hotter to cook the same timeline as the twenty six does and I was like, well, that's what it
1: is, you know, yeah, and it just it cooks. That day flat cook, man, it's one of the best cooking pits that, I, that I've that i owned.
2: So are you, just to go back, I have a question. So to use that water pan in the cooking chamber, it's basically simulating additional meat Correct. in there? Okay.
0: That's my theory on it. Yeah. You're not necessarily, yes, you're putting moisture in the cook chamber, but it's simulating moisture coming from natural proteins in there. Yeah. So like we learned this when we was cooking on BFO, that's a huge pit. When you put 18 slabs of ribs in there, they're perfect. But if you put eight, you're like, man, the texture's just a bump off. They're still really good, but the texture's not as good as what it was when it was full.
1: You're missing that moisture you're from You're missing those that other moisture from,
0: but so what we done is we started putting pans in there with, you know, water in them and not necessarily, you ain't even got to, you could wrap the pans in foil if you wanted to. Like you're not, you just want that mass and you want everything to simulate something down there cooking to fill that pit up. So if I was cooking on a pellet grill, just cooking one slab, Put your little water pan down there on
1: the So table. it has nothing to do with the steam mixing with. the I don't the think it air. does
0: as much. No, I mean you might get a little bit from it, but it's just not as harsh of an environment. You're more more like a buffer. You know, you're just adding a little bit of cushion right there.
2: So using the water pan would, in your mind, come down to filling voids mm-hmm. if you need to fill them.
0: Yeah. Correct. Okay. Because you don't. I don't want a wet cooking environment. Because then you're back to cooking on a water cooker and you're not setting that bark. There's nothing wrong with a water cooker, but you have to learn that pit to know what it's going to do. Whereas we're setting bark an hour and a half, you could go three hours on some of them water cookers and the bark not be set. So that's the thing is like learning your pit and what you want to
1: do.
2: Yeah, Malcolm used to cook on the water pan the first part, or in the backwoods first part, and then throw it on the old hickory. with Fish. The <laughs> yeah And a glaze. With the glaze. Yeah.
1: Set the bark. And that was what—that what, was the whole
0: thing. and We won a lot doing that. And what happened the one time we forgot to clean that backwoods and y'all mm. had to cook everything on Old Hickory. What'd y'all do? Y'all freaking granded. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> then we got rid of the water. The backwoods <laughs> is sitting in the garage. It's been
1: in the garage ever <laughs> since. We need to drag that out and cook on it. Again. It's in my house in the garage.
0: That no get old Black Betty down. We need to cook a hog on her one more time.
2: You mean Jolene?
0: No. Oh, You're talking uh, about the up- old hog cooker.
2: So we're yeah. just talking about all the cookers Malcolm all has the, yeah. in storage. Yeah. I still own So let me ask you Have you ever cooked The perfect rib? This is a question For both of y'all But specifically yes. Mark, You have? Mm-hmm. Where you were like That mm-hmm. is perfect
0: Perfect rib You know what a perfect rib is? When it gets that first place And you get that check <laughs> That is the
2: perfect rib <laughs> That day
1: So how yeah, you have cooked Some perfect ones yeah.
2: I, I mean to your standards Not what You know If you
1: vegetables. were gonna cook The perfect rib what What would your Basics, but what would what would that look like?
0: I'm gonna be honest. I would cook the same rib I've been cooking this year at NBN Really? Because so I didn't notice it. I guess everybody's flavors different. I never noticed it until Murfreesboro. Praise the Lord! There were several people that come tried to rib. We had several finals judges come back. um There were multiple people come to us and said, "I've never had a rib that." Like, not necessarily balance it, because our ribs are not sweet. MBN ribs, everybody thinks, like, MBN ribs, super sweet. I mean, we do have a sauce on it, but it's not a sweet sauce. It is a savory sauce. And the reason we run that is because I think an offset stick burner does not need something sweet. That is a savory protein. You were cooking a savory cook, just like our hog is savory. Our ribs are savory. I'm going with the savory sauce. But on that day, we had, I would say, no joke, probably four or five people come back and like, that's one of the spiciest ribs I've ever had, but it's not hot. Like it doesn't burn you down. Like Mitchell come to me, he's like, "Is that the rib you've been cooking all year?" And I was like, "Yeah." He's like, "That's one of the hottest ribs I've ever seen my turn in." But it hits, and it's, it's probably different. It's, I didn't say it's yeah. that much different, but it's just a richness. It's that rib has a lot of body to it, and like it's,
1: I've had multiple people say that's that's spicier than what I would think. What's would it making be? it so spicy? You, are you are you adding like cayenne pepper to no, it? No, no. <laughs> oh, it's just one of the seasons you're using. Yeah. has got the heat to it. No, I'll
0: get it you. It's all in our wrap. Yeah, uh, our wrap, oh, our okay. wrap is very crucial to that rib.
2: I was gonna guess you put a little beef rub at the end.
0: It, it might have some beef rub somewhere <laughs> in
2: there. Because <laughs> the beef rub's a little spicy.
1: Yeah. I tell you, you I've never tried yours and thought it was like hot. I never yeah, noticed yeah, it. Yeah, not and ever. I still don't. But,
0: like, everybody that day that is outside of our cooking group that was there that wanted to try, like, an end piece or whatever, they were like, whoa. He's like, where's that heat coming from? And I'm like, what heat? Like, I don't get it. I don't get any of the heat. But as rich as our wrap is, and we've we've talked about this before too, and a fatty rib, you have to put heat on it. Once you put spice on fat, it brings out another flavor other than heat. That's the reason prime beef is killer on brisket. That's a hot rub. You don't put it on vegetables because it'll light you up. But that pepper note brings out so many other flavors of that fat that you don't normally get.
2: I mean, for a while there, they were turning in ribs so sweet that I mean, they were pouring maple syrup on it. it yeah, had, I'm not it doing was that. The only profile there is just sweet. That's still a
1: big thing. Maple syrup on everything.
2: I think it is
0: in KCBs. Yeah. Really?
2: So I'm I like a more balance. You get a little heat, you get a little savory, you get a little sweet. You know, I like that balance. I think that's a, the best bite.
0: We've learned a lot cooking ribs over the past few years. This year, and I mean, you know, years in the past. I mean, it's a rib's fun to cook because it's a quick cook and it's something you can you can try to perfect.
1: You wouldn't think something that is just a little meat and mainly bones would be you could do so much with it. <laughs> you can. You know what I mean? And cook it different, and it and to get it perfect, it's so challenging. You would not think that.
2: Have you ever cooked? A rib that you're like this is perfect. Yeah, I bet you have. Yeah, <laughs> but
1: I mean, I would tell you right now. I mean, in mine, my what? I, and I was gonna ask y'all this. I mean, what's perfect to Mark may not be yeah. perfect to me, or perfect to you, or Tyler over there. So to me, right now, and my, I'm sure mine's changed over the years. There probably was a time where I wanted that sweet candy rib or whatever, but now the perfect rib to me, that Cleveland rib. Oh, I, you like, not like you got a fresh. You start with the fresh slab, not froze ribs. And you keep them simple and you put some good hickory smoke on them, that
0: don't get any better than that. See, so that's the difference in a perfect rib and one I want to sit down and eat. I don't necessarily want to eat my perfect yeah. rib, but I want to get paid. You know, <laughs> that's so,
1: so you're thinking perfect rib from a content right. standpoint, yeah, yeah. not from just the world. If you of told me that my
0: candy. last meal was going to be a rib, what kind of rib do I want? That is the question. And I would have to say, I want a dry rib, I want it to be spicy. I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't mind adding a little sausage seasoning into that rib from Cleveland, like putting a little layer on it, then hitting yeah. it with hot rub, and then you give me a array of sauces that I can just yeah. dip yeah. my rib in. I can try all the flavors of the world right there.
1: That's it. I mean, I, I'm with you,
0: because that's what I that's what I loved about that rib is that we served that rib with three sauces, and those people in that class or in that demo were able to, they were able to make it their own perfect rib. They may not like vinegar sauce. Who cares? Pull it off. You got another one right there to try. And you get to try it, and you pair it. And that's one of the things, like, going forward, like, if we cook ribs at home, we're going to cook that rib, and I'm going to tell anybody that wants to bring, bring me your daddy's homemade sauce. Yeah. Like, everybody bring their sauce, and you do a rib bar, and yeah. you just that's basically, everybody How picks their own sauce. Yeah. yeah.
2: You could just do, like, an AP rib or something. Yeah,
0: because, I mean, I'll try somebody's sauce, but it ain't. I'm not, If you come into my house, you ain't cooking the ribs. I'm cooking the ribs. You're going to know you're
1: going to cook you, the good you ribs. You can
0: bring the sauce.
1: I'll cook the rib.
2: That's actually a really good idea. Sauce party.
1: <laughs> we might have to. I like it. sauce on ribs, but I prefer it on the side. Yeah, like I want to dip yeah, it. I don't I want, want, want it dab, on. Yeah.
2: And I was surprised at how many people like the white sauce with the ribs, you know? And I mm-hmm. guarantee you that's
1: something people will never try. Yeah. Nobody's going to try that on rib, and it's 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 dang good on ribs. So, yeah.
2: I think it's better on pulled pork. It's, yeah. it's
1: great on pulled pork, yeah.
0: One of my standout memories of a good rib. Was a dry rib, and I, I I didn't cook it. I don't know. I can't remember who cooked it, but they served it with. It was like a Carolina Gold mustard sauce, mm-hmm. but it wasn't like Cattleman's Carolina. It was like a homemade, like a legit mustard sauce, but it had almost like a a spicy honey mustard. Dude, that right there was it worked with. So was
1: drink. it like hot honey gold wing sauce kind of?
0: No, it wasn't. Didn't as, have that buff. No, hot sauce was, element. I want to say they bought and forgive me because. This probably gonna get me in trouble. I want to say they bought one of the gallons or big bottles from Dreamland in Alabama and doctored it up. And man, it was good on a read-up, Man, it was it was
2: excellent. I like Dreamland stuff. I do too. I always have. I used to. Try to drag him there, and he's like, "This is now." I've is had so the big. ribs. We're not gonna go there. <laughs> <laughs> but, hey, I mean, but the sauce,
0: I like the sauce.
1: It's like going to the Rendezvous. You go there for the, I guess, the atmosphere and the experience of going. But are they the best ribs you're ever gonna eat? But not by far. Maybe they used to be one day before everybody knew how to cook ribs. But I would put Letha's and Hattiesburg up against those any day.
2: They leave the membrane on at Dreamland. Uh, yeah,
1: <laughs>
0: that's the reason you like them.
1: <laughs> Their sides aren't any good. Like you mess up beans. It's just like they open up beans, and here you go. <laughs> just don't put nothing in them. Don't smoke them. Don't do anything.
2: Just heat them up in a crowd.
0: Yeah. All right, now, we're going to be getting a phone call. we will be getting a phone call, bad <laughs> the
1: restaurants. Yeah. Yeah, you know, hey, that's just not my cup of tea. If you grew up loving it, that's fine. There's
0: plenty of good restaurants out there, and that's a good one. Do but it? not everybody has to like it. That's the reading there's more than
1: one restaurant in the world. ain't as good as Tops. Tops pretty good. Tops, love- Tops is like this it's like the Hueys of barbecue. It's standard. You know what you're going to get every time. You know yeah. what you're going to get. I don't care which location you go into. That meat's going to be smoked on whatever day they smoke it. And you just, go there and you smell the meat, that's when it's the best. You go there and you don't smell it, you probably don't do need to go to Tops that day. I
0: love it You want that them to sauce. cook it every day. That's probably one of my favorite sauces out there.
1: I used to buy that by the gallon jug. It, it came it looked like a blue plate mayo jug it came in. And I don't remember what brand it was. It was I've looked it up before. You used to get it at Lit. I like it because it's not thick. It's like it's not like thick, but sauce. it's not thin. You know. Oh, the first time I bought it, it came as a concentrate, and it tells you what to add to it, like so much water, so much ketchup, really, so much vinegar, and you stir it up, and it makes the sauce. That's. A
2: but good they don't. Idea. They don't
1: do that anymore.
2: That's a good idea.
1: So selling what are you? The oh yeah, selling that. the the mix for the sauce. I've talked, and you I've add... talked about that before. Uh,
2: yeah. Yeah. Mix
1: your own barbecue sauce the way you want it.
0: So, how important is texture on a rib?
1: I think it's very important because I hate I hate a mushy rib. Like I don't want it to be that peanut butter in my mouth. And then if it's so tight, you can't get it off the bone. That ain't good either. So, I don't think
0: people realize how much texture affects flavor. To me, you can have the same rib seasoned exactly the same, and you overcook it, and all those flavors just muddle. They don't. They go away and to me it's not it's not even remotely close texture is a
1: huge I never thought flavor. about it like that but that makes sense Well so you think about it you get a a tight rib it don't have well, flavor Yeah they're just plain they don't have any flavor but it's probably cuz the fat ain't been rendered so it ain't activated all those things right. you're talking about the way the, the the fat does when it gets in your mouth and so you you probably don't think about it texture probably does affect, affect flavor way more than you think Oh I think it does I mean cuz there's been times
0: like we cook eight or 10 slabs they all got the same exact recipe to the T on it, and you always get one that's a little better, and it's usually the one that's got the better texture.
1: Yeah, they kind of go hand in hand because it's hard for me if I'm judging barbecue to say, "Oh man, this texture is perfect, but it just didn't taste good." Yeah, or, I mean, I've had a few that it tastes pretty good, but it need to be cooked a little more. But most of the time, they go hand in hand. Like if you're not gonna get that, but the best score I'm gonna give by being all – you know, yeah, if you ain't gonna they, win they it with go, just be yeah, tasting good. They gotta, and go, being they gotta tight. go together.
2: You know that uh, I mean same thing. I think about steaks too. You know. Yeah, if it's they, tied,
1: they, it don't taste as yeah. good. Oh yeah, there's something about a. Oh
2: man. It's overcooked.
1: Shell may have had the best steak, one of the best steaks that in my recent memory I've ever had last week.
2: It was just a spinalis steak. It, God, what was that?
1: Well, place that was called? cheating there. I know. <laughs> what was well,
2: that they place called? Some, they had a Manhattan cut ribeye, and I was like, oh, what's that? And they basically just cut the spinalis off and sell you. The, yeah. I was like, oh, who would that? buy
1: that? It was like 70 bucks. Because I asked him, I said, what's a Manhattan cut? I've never heard of it. Have you ever heard of a Manhattan cut? I've, I've never heard it called that, but I've heard of them serving just
0: yeah. the eye. But I can't remember what it was Dude, called. I
1: guess it was the eye and the tail. I don't yeah. know. But it cut off the best part of the steak, probably to make the steak the yeah. show got.
2: And I said, I, I, the Spinalis is my favorite part. And she goes, well, we got a Spinalis steak.
1: I said, I'll take that.
2: <laughs> Medium rare, please. Speak to me. I'm not going to lie.
1: One of the best steaks really I've ever had in my life. You could, and you want to say, cut it with a fork. You could cut that steak with a fork, and a, it melted in your mouth, and it was cooked perfect, and it was seasoned perfect. Where was that Waffle House at? <laughs>
2: what was the name of it, Jill? It was I did not remember the name. It
1: wasn't, it wasn't Waffle House. It wasn't
2: Waffle House. No. Pompous. Yes.
1: I think that was the name. Oh, that. that was a bad word. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's how you say it. It was pompous oh, in. I'll uh, look
2: that up. I'll let you know. I don't
1: what, think pompous. Is what you think, I think it was? Alpharetta, Georgia. The steakhouse was called Pompous. I mean, I had Dover Soul. and I'm gonna tell you, if you've never ate Dover Soul, that's the kingfish, brother. It <laughs> what is was it? Amazing. What's it Dover called? Dover Soul. Dover Soul? Yeah, from the cliffs of Dover.
2: They prepared. He <laughs> just made that up. <laughs> <hard. laughs> they prepared it like tableside. Oh, really? not like.
1: This
0: wasn't your oh, this wasn't, oh, 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 tab was <laughs> $1,500. I
2: mean,
1: <laughs>
2: this ain't a no joke. For who? <laughs> you and
0: 10 other or who?
2: Yeah, Heath and Candace and yeah. a couple of people, yeah.
0: That's a stout one there. Oh, it wasn't a joke. But,
1: man, you talk about
0: good. <laughs> well, y'all just remember when I get ready to die, just yeah. take me there before I die.
2: Yeah.
1: Oh, and the big thing is after Heath told, some, uh, I think it was Ricky Bobby, that we had went there, he said, oh, there's two other places better than that right there by it. And I was like, better than that? So I gotta go back just to go track check. We had to go to three places joints. in one night. Yeah. Make yeah. sure. Oh, you couldn't do it. Dude, you couldn't do it. It was the meal we had was it was up there. That's pretty it cool. It was up there. I've had Dover Soul a couple other times in my life and this was right there with it. And if they don't and if you order Dover Dover Sole and they don't do it right there at the table for you, don't don't order it. Hmm. They I gotta fillet, they gotta it. fillet it off and put it on your plate and serve it with the little menuire sauce right over it.
2: God so good. He's gotten fancy in his whole day. Yeah.
0: I'm gonna go eat Taco Bell tonight <laughs> <laughs> before we, yeah, go
1: ahead, before go we cook a whole Taco Bell Mark.
2: Right before we wrap up, because we're almost out of time, is there any tips that y'all would give for cooking ribs? Not for necessarily newbies, just like what is like your one t- major tip you'd give somebody for cooking ribs?
0: Don't sleep on the rest. Don't it's be a scared one. to rest it's a rib. Because for multiple reasons. A, it gets better. And B, if you're cooking for somebody at five o'clock dinner. Put the ribs on that morning, get them done, hold them. Like they'll be fine. Like don't rush. You know, cook the ribs to where you still can enjoy your company, enjoy the fellowship, and you know that's part of it. Is it's not you out there on a the grill rushing, hoping they get done. Get them done, and don't worry about it.
2: How long can you hold? I mean, how long would you would you feel comfortable holding the ribs
1: for? Perfect or for could it possible to
2: hold? <laughs> I mean, if
0: you have a good cooler and they stay hot, I've held them you. up to six hours. I mean,
2: we've
0: get... we've had to do it at Memphis and May. Yeah. And got a call. It wasn't by walked. choice. I
1: wasn't by choice.
0: So, I mean, you, as long as you keep them warm above that 140, stay safe. They're fine. You'll be good. What's ideal? One hour. One hour. You know, two hours. You know, One to two,
1: yeah. And, but, but that's in the right cooler, burping it. It ain't taking it. a Yeti and filling it up with ribs and locking it down. Because then you're it. gonna have. Ask Tyler over there; he's giggling because he done it. <laughs> they you're will have, continue you're to, to cool ribs, won't you? Yes, sir. All those bones will just be out of the cooler when you go it. And that's
0: <laughs> this is. So
1: you got to do that. You got to you got to let air out of the hot right. box you're holding it in every 15 minutes is what I say. Just and all that means is go open it, close it. Yeah.
0: What
2: do you think the ambient temperature is in a holding cooler?
1: Above 140. Yeah, easily. Probably at, oh. one, probably at 165, if I had to guess. It's, from when I've tipped stuff or put it in there and watched it, that's usually where it goes to, and it just sits.
0: So I've left the probes in ribs before and like put them in the rib cooler and held them, and after three hours, they're still 160. Yeah. The rib itself
1: is. They hang out there for a long, long yeah. time. Yeah,
0: and it's crazy to watch that because they'll drop to 180 really quick, and it's like when they hit that 180, they'll stay there forever. And then after, you know, they'll have a breakout point point, you'll start seeing it drop again. But, no, don't be scared to hold them. Hold them ribs, and that way you can you do other things. You know, I, we always put back on. So, you know, if you're resting, even if you're doing a no-wrap dry rib, you know, you can wrap them in foil, hold them, put them back on, hit them with rub again, dry them back out, and they're fine. Like, we're we're planning that putting back on process every time.
1: My one thing real quick before we get out of here would be don't be scared to probe your ribs. Yes. You can make fun of them if you want. I didn't do this, and I always said never probe a rib when we when I first started out cooking. Since we have switched to doing that, I know Mark's probably said that he he, he can going to testify to this, but I say my rib has changed for the better. Yes. Because you know exactly what that internal temperature is. And
0: you actually You've see what that – the rib does not do what you think it does in a wrap. And the first time you probe a rib, you're probably going to panic because <laughs> you're going to see that rib do some crazy stuff when you wrap it.
2: What's crazy? Like drop? Drop.
0: Oh, drop. If I don't see, if if I wrap my ribs and I don't see them drop from 170 down to 120, that rib ain't going to be nearly as 120? 120.
1: 120. Wow.
0: But you got to think, everything you're putting in that, if you're wrapping a rib, everything you're putting in that rib, 99% of the time is room temperature. So you're fixing to cool that rib off. You're going to throw the brakes on it. Don't panic.
2: How long does it take to recover back to 170? Typically.
0: Oh, about 45 minutes.
2: Oh, okay. So it's a.
1: But then it skyrockets. Yeah.
0: Once it yeah. gets back to one seventy, she's rolling. It's
1: ready. Because and you got to think, a lot of times they're only in there hour 15.
0: And so do that's not. Hot.
1: So 45 minutes of it's stone cold compared to where you were that last 30. It's
0: And when you say, if you are running a little hot and you probe that rib and you're wrapping and it's 190, don't freak out. That rib's not done. Don't freak out. Don't even pay attention to that temperature. Don't even look back at it till three hours in, you know. Because we've done that. We've gone out there and I'm going to probe it. It's 190. I'm like, oh crap, they're done. I'm like, well, why am I probing it right now anyway? Like, I've never probed it right now. So <laughs> don't worry about it.
1: Because well, it's a small piece of meat. It never made sense to me to probe them until we started doing it. And now was like, dang, should have been doing this long. I probably would have done a lot better. Well, it's no guesswork. It is. Yeah. It takes the guesswork out. So that's all you're doing. You're just getting good practices. Cook the temperature in time. Don't worry. you know, don't d- cook the temperature not time. That's how I should rephrase that. It's all about internal temperature on meat to get it right and get it perfect. Even ribs. Even ribs. And so, then you'll
0: get oh, better every time you cook a slab. That's right. I'm still. I think this weekend is going to be better than last weekend. Every weekend. So.
2: Well, you learn something every time. Every you time. That's right. Well, Mark, I know you got a contest you're heading to.
0: Are you locked and loaded? Ah, uh, I got one more task to do and if you wanna come help me, I gotta empty the black tank on my trailer. So if you wanna come <laughs> yeah, help me. Yeah, go ahead,
1: wait on me. I'll be over <laughs> there. I've got a few errands, I gotta run first, but I'll be over there. We gotta no, flush the trailer
0: out, put fresh water in it, and we're ready to go. Where
2: Which I... where do you drop the black tank?
1: But he's gonna find a sewer train somewhere, <laughs> <laughs> pull over and jump in. No, I do it legally.
2: I've, <laughs> I've only...
1: been with I've been mark on a few of these runs before. I know how you operate.
2: <laughs>
0: I actually have an RV hookup at my house that I back up to, and I drain it myself, which is probably still not good, but it's better on the side of the street. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so you but. don't want to incriminate itself. <laughs> now that was all for you. Don't <laughs> we,
0: look. We'll have to start this podcast over. Hey, you want to tell that story? We've
1: <laughs> been to the rest area and used the RV dump there before. You could do. You've been to the gas station? Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, what is it? Truck stops? Yeah. I put wherever a, you need to go. Right out front, the sewer so drain. No, no, no.
0: We were not in Hernando when we done that. <laughs> okay. All right, Shell. Well,
1: <laughs> thank Mark for coming and hanging out with us again. <laughs>
2: uh, Mark, thanks for coming and hanging out Was that, that
1: genuine? I don't know if that was genuine. Mark,
0: <laughs> <laughs> no. right,
2: where, where can people find you?
0: Y'all can check us out and find us at Swine Life BBQ. Uh, all the platforms. If y'all got any questions, shoot us a message. We're always looking to help, answer anything you got. Always wanting to make somebody a better cook, so that's what we're here for.
1: Stop by Malcolm's shop and ask for Mark. He'll be there. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. Most of the time I am.
2: And uh make sure you check out the rib uh masterclass. Is that video? what we're calling it? I, I don't we're, think we're,
1: it's a master class. It's, like it's two master class? idiots. <laughs> <Yeah. talking. laughs> two idiots and a grill. Yeah, that's for us. <laughs> mm. yeah, uh, we're not we can't call it a master class.
2: <laughs> yeah. What's a medium master like a, uh, eh, you
1: know, apprentice <laughs> class? Apprentice class. <laughs> 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 I like the two idiots to the grill. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we will just start a new channel. Yeah, Tyler, tell them about the
2: community. Hey, thanks for hanging out with us on the podcast today. If you guys want to hang out with us all weekend long, make sure you guys head on over to Facebook.com forward slash group forward slash H2Q community, where you can hang out with us, like-minded pitmasters, ask questions like this weekend. we Like we were talking about earlier, I was talking about how I'm not super great at cooking ribs, and I had a lot of the guys uh, in the community helping me out in the comments. So make sure you guys head on over there, share your weekend recipes, and Eat fun. more blue plate. I will
1: say that. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Uh, if you'd like to connect with Malcolm, it's how to BBQ, how to BBQ right on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and of course, YouTube. If you'd like to connect with me, it's Miss Southern Shell on Instagram.
1: All right. Well, we appreciate y'all listening today and we will be back next week. Mark, good luck this weekend, man. I hope you. y'all bring home another grand up in Bolivar, Tennessee. If y'all are in the area, y'all stop in there and check out Mark. He's going to be cooking a hog and some ribs. Fingers crossed. We'll see y'all next time. We gone. gone